Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Travel is Dangerous debut podcast. My name is Michael, and I cannot tell you how excited I am to finally be uh, doing this and getting this going. Um, It has been a little over a year in the making, um, and I am so stoked to finally get this thing off the ground and uh, see where it goes. Um, Yeah, I had a buddy of mine who saw a Facebook post of mine and said, um, Hey man, you ever thought about doing a podcast? I think you'd you'd do really well at it. I'd never ever considered it before. Um, I really didn't know what I would even talk about on it. And so uh, I started to kind of delve into it a little bit and then it just got put on the back burner um, because, you know, life happens. And um, so I was able to go back to it a little bit ago I started really thinking about, gosh, what are what are some things that I'm passionate about? What are some things that I want to talk about? And what kind of guests would I want to have on my show if I decided to do this? And um, I kind of settled on uh, two main themes, uh, which is travel and music. Um, I absolutely love to do both of them. Um, love to listen, love to sing, love to play music. Um, although it's been years since I played anything. And then travel, I absolutely love to try, uh, you know, go to different places and um, kind of try and see what's going on with the locals and find out what the good, good, uh, good spots are, kind of a thing, um, kind of off the tourist destinations. And so, um, and I'm a huge baseball fan on top of that as well. So, you know, I'm just going to be talking about uh, a few different elements of that. Maybe we'll throw in some different things about life. Um, so we'll just see where it takes us. Um, but the name Travel is Dangerous actually was given to me by a friend who just shot it off to me one day and just said, Hey man, you ever considered this? Uh, it's one of my favorite songs. And um, as soon as, as soon as he put it down, I just thought, that's it. That's the name. I'm, I'm, I'm done searching. I'm done looking. And um, it fits perfectly. Um, so hats off to you, uh, good sir, for the name. And, um, yeah, I'm, like, (laughs) way stoked. Uh, Like I said, just on the name and just on everything that's been going on with it and just how um, it's all finally coming together. And um, so, yeah, so the crazy thing is is I thought about it in a way and and, and I was reading the lyrics of the song. It really doesn't have much to do with it, but uh, it's kind of a two-edged sword for me, when I think about travel is dangerous, I mean, first off, it is dangerous. I mean, hello, uh, you're dealing with, uh, you know, if you're traveling overseas, you're traveling by plane or by boat or uh, car, anything can go wrong. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like walking and chewing gum at the same time. I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to make it too well. So, but on the flip side of that, though, with travel is dangerous is, and I mean this in a good way. Um, I've, I've been blessed enough to go out of the country on eight, um, to eight different countries. I've been, uh, been to a couple of those countries, uh, a couple of times, um, on different locations and different trips. And so for me, uh, just being raised here in the States, I was raised, born and raised in Northern California. Um, 
and I'd been around a little bit of the States, but nothing too major. But when I took that first major trip and I went down to Brazil, I really opened my eyes to a lot of things. Um, first off, how blessed I was to live in our country. Um, second off, how blessed I was to to go down there and, and meet those people and um, just become friends with them and, and, and see how they lived and, and, and hear them talk about you know their experiences um, of living in Brazil. Um, and in South America and, and those things all really shaped me to go man we are all one big family uh, first off we're all a human so uh, kind of a given there but just hearing them talk about their government and things that they go through and how they see Americans and how they see our country uh, just different things like that I've just had some amazing conversations I've been to Western Europe as well Scandinavian countries and just absolutely loved every minute of it. And so for me to be able to come back, it's not bringing wisdom or whatever and saying, gosh, I wish you fools would really stop doing such and such, but just kind of going inward and saying, okay, what are the, what are the things that I learned there? Um, you know, watching people that really had nothing um, just have such a joy in their hearts because we played soccer with them or or maybe it was something else i mean i'll use the term play soccer kind of loosely it was more standing on the sidelines getting my butt kicked by little five-year-old brazilian kids who were going to be the next pele um but uh yeah anyways so just really exciting to do that um and so uh, well, first off, um, I am a father of three kids. I have a 22-year-old son. On the back end, I have uh, two girls, both 12 and 11 years old. I've uh, been married going on 14 years to my amazing wife. And um, so, yeah, so, I mean, life is good, man. Um, I take every, I try to, I should say, I try to take everything uh, as a learning experience um, especially given my age, I'm in my early 50s, so at this point in the ball game, I'm like, screw it, I really don't know anything, and I'm completely okay with that. Um, my other major passion besides travel is I love music, and when I say I love music, I mean, that's still an understatement. Uh, I really feel like you know, music was played when I was in the womb quite a bit. My grandmother's singing, my mom's singing, whatever the case may be. Um, but I came out and I couldn't get enough of it and I still can't get enough of it. Um, some of my first experiences were listening to my grandmother's uh, choral uh, group um, and hearing her sing and, and uh, going to church with her and hearing her up in the choir and uh, different things like that. Um, and she had a bunch of show tunes albums, um, and so she would listen to those, or she would listen to the radio, um, some of the old gospel hymns, things like that. And then with my mother, um, we would listen to a radio station every time I go back and forth from my grandmother's house on the weekends, and um, it was big band. It was out of KMBR, out of uh, out of San Francisco there, and it was really really good, um, and they played. Uh, like Quan Miller, um, they played uh, Bing Crosby, the Andrews Sisters. They just played a bunch of different stuff from from that era, and I absolutely ate it up. I loved the trumpet players. I loved all of it, um, and so it was really cool to hear that. 
And so for me, um, it actually got me into playing the trumpet when I was in fourth grade. Um, that's where I, I uh, decided that that's what I wanted to do. And the cool thing is, is my tr- my trumpet teacher uh, was actually second chair uh, for the Oakland Symphony. Um, and we actually got to go and hear him play, and he actually slowed on uh, Bugle uh, Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy, which is one of my favorite songs as a kid. And uh, so that was really cool. Um, but... Uh, I remember as a kid, I'd listen to, you know, the pop radio stuff and things like that, and, um, I always used to think to myself, like, you know, I wonder what else is out there. Well, I have an older brother, five years older than me, and he really kind of showed me what else is out there other than the Barry Manilow's, the Billy Joel's, um, the, the popular disco music of that era going on, um, and uh, one day I remember coming home from wherever we were and my brother was sitting in the rocking chair in the uh, living room. And he said, hey, so sit down, I gotta play this for you. So we turned it on, he handed me the album cover and it was a picture of a guitar and in the guitar was a city and it said Boston. Um, yes, I'm talking about Boston's debut album from 1976, self-titled uh, Boston. All I had to hear was the needle hit the groove of more than a feeling, and I was hook, line, and sinker. I, I wanted all that I could handle at that point. Um, I'd never heard anything like it, and I was just completely blown away by it. And I was just like, man, whatever else there is out there, feed me, feed me. And uh, feed me, he did. He would bring home uh, Zeppelin, he would bring home Aerosmith, Bad Company, Fog Hat, Kiss, uh, Ted Nugent. Um, and probably the biggest band that he brought home for me was Rush. I remember being probably fourth or fifth grade, he came home with Hemispheres, and I heard the trees. And, and first off, the album cover, um, if you haven't seen the album cover, it's crazy. It's a couple of dudes standing on a brain, one of them's naked from the back. Um, so yeah. And absolutely mind-blowing music for a three-piece band and I know some people can't handle Getty's voice whatever but you cannot take away from the musicianship that those guys have and so for me I was just completely blown away Um, and they have I have owned everything that they've had um, at points along the way and man those are my guys they've they've been my guys for a long time Um, so I remember that being a huge moment for me. Uh, my cousin owned some Rush albums, so when we go up to visit them and he'd play them, it was like, okay, this is just another notch in the belt of, of great people listening to great music. Um, I made a lot of friends in junior high and high school from our mutual love of Rush. I would say the next big band for me that came along was in 1984. We were on a road trip to Reno and I bought U2's uh, Under a Blood Red Sky. I'd never heard them, I'd read about them in magazines, and I thought, okay, I'm gonna give these guys a shot, what have I got to lose? It was an EP, so it was a cheaper album anyway, so I could afford it. And I remember listening to it, and I don't think I took that thing out of my stereo for, for months on end. Um, and I think of maybe about a month and a half later, um, I ended up picking up The Unforgettable Fire and was completely blown away by that. Um, how good that was and so they became my guys as well so I rush and I had you too um, 
and both of those bands uh, walked me through my formative years um, and you know I've obviously I like other stuff along the way as well but those were a couple of the big bands for me um, that really um, I I could tell you everything about them kind of a thing I bought all the magazines um, I tried to get posters that kind of a thing the b-sides all the um, some of the imports different things of that sort um, so yeah and then I would say probably the latest band and I have to thank my friend Andy for this uh, is Mastodon um, I, I always try to get into to good music and um, especially musicianship and Andy was telling me my buddy that I've known for gosh over 30 years now said hey man you got to check this band out and so I happened to to get cracked the sky and holy cow completely blown away uh, Braun Taylor Bill Kelleher um, Troy Sanders and um, Brent Hines and wow it's 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 like a, a super group um that's saving the face of metal um, but they're prog they're incredibly incredibly gifted musicians um, and so yeah um, on the flip side of that um, i was uh, raised in church and so i remember listening to a lot of the uh, what they call christian contemporary music um, when i was a kid and the first first tip I got was uh, White Heart. My aunt gave it to me, the Huff Brothers, and it was actually really, really good. Um, it was way better than whatever else they were trying to peddle on us at the time um, and trying to make us think that it was just as every bit as good as whatever else was out there. And so thankfully, uh, I had an old youth pastor that handed me off uh, what's called the Youth Choir, who became the choir, um, Daniel Amos, 77's Adam Again, um, and then I discovered the Scattered Few, uh, Poor Blue, um, different bands like that that were... And when I mention these bands, I don't mention them in a way of like they were second-rate um, or second-class citizens. They were right up there doing everything that their peers in uh, what they call the cough cough secular scene were doing. Um, these guys were trailblazing it just as quickly as these other bands were. And so it was absolutely incredible to to have something that I could listen to, and that my you know that my parents approved of, and, and whatever else the case was. Um, but yeah, and it wasn't anything I was embarrassed to play around my friends. As a matter of fact, I loved turning my friends all these bands, and so that that for me was was really really cool to have that going on. Um, so I've always been excited about that. Um, my daughter loves to sing. Um, both my kids absolutely love to sing. Um, my youngest one, I don't know if I mentioned this, but she has autism, and so she's kind of around the four to five-year-old range, um, a little bit actually, probably three to four. Um, she's an absolute joy uh, when she's not melting down. <laughs> I'll probably get into those stories later. Um, but it's so cute. She really only likes to listen to her music, and for whatever reason, I had Tom Sawyer Rush playing. She heard it. And she was kind of bopping along too, and I said, "Hey, Hammy," I said, "Do you like this?" "I do, Dada. I do." So from that point on, anytime we go on road trips, anytime we go anywhere, she's always asking me to put in Rush, and I absolutely love it. And so it's really, really cute. But that's her and my little thing. Um, so it's really cool to see the music kind of passed on to my kids. Um, 
and just to kind of have that musical knowledge my wife you know absolutely loves the 80s music so we'll turn on the radio and just kind of sing along to it and be goofy whatever um but uh yeah um so that's that um i'll probably delve into well i'm probably is a is a light word i will be delving into music with uh most of my guests coming up um I'm pretty, uh, the word is gobsmacked over who I've managed to land who said, man, I'd love to be a guest on your show. Um, I have my friend Shane, who I've known since uh, 1995. Um, He's been a really great friend. The guy is as goofy as all get out. Um, But he is an artist. And when I say artist, um, the guy can draw, he can paint, um, and he builds um, sculptures. And he actually works, um, he's got his artwork up in Disney. Um, He's actually uh, built some stuff for a theme park in Dubai. Um, He's built some for the um, Shanghai Disney. He was actually featured on the cover of uh, the LA Times for work that he did for the campfire. Um, He painted a bunch of murals all over uh, the burnt down homes there in Paradise and one of California's worst fire um, that just swept through. paradise back and I think it was 2018 I believe um, just mind-blowing even I think it was 2018 or 2018 I remember for some reason um, but just absolutely insane absolutely insane so I'm gonna have him on here I've also got Jeff Ballou the guitars for Staves Acre I'm super stoked on those guys I remember listening to Crucified uh, back in 88, 89, through some mutual friends that knew Mark Solomon, um, and Jeff was like, yeah, man, I'd love to do it. Um, I have Alan Acquire from The Scattered Few, uh, Grandmother Spaceship, and Ministries Walking. Um, this guy has played with HR. Um, he's done tons of other bands as well. Um, he is uh, got some great stories about David Bowie. He's a, he's a David Bowie, walking David Bowie dictionary as far as I'm concerned. Um, I also have my friend Jeff Elbel, um, who is a writer, I believe, for the Chicago Sun-Times and does our music column. He's also in a band called Ping, um, and he's played with the choir, and he is just, he's another lover of music like myself. Um, I'm also excited. I have Sam uh, from uh, Sam Hernandez from the Dime Store Profits, who put out a couple of records uh, on Five Minute Walk Records back in the late '70s. I have a dear friend of mine, Julie uh, Ward, who I worked with up at a camp. Um, she she is also doing uh, props and sets for um, uh, for Hollywood uh, down there in LA area and she is um she's worked on tv and film as well so i'm gonna have her come on and kind of share what what she's done different things like that i'm really stoked for it i have another friend called uh, his name is joshua lori he's actually the bass player um in quite a few different punk bands his latest uh is called cast the dragon he's got jim chafin on there from the crucified along with a couple other guys um and he's actually mike knott's bass player and um I have a couple other guys in the work as well, um, but what I'm stoked on is Jesse Sprinkle. Um, and I was messaging Jesse tonight, just asking him some questions. I came in, I want to make sure that I get this right. Um, and he's been on a couple of Demon Hunter albums as the drummer. Um, he's been a lot of other inseminations. Um, there, inseminations, that's horrible. He's been in some other bands as well. Um, 
he was in Poor Old Lou, uh, the original lineup, which they've only had one lineup, which is pretty good for any band. Um, and the guy's got over, uh, I think he said 15 solo albums as well. Um, and so I'm super stoked to have him on. Um, he's also a baseball nerd like I am. And so, like I said, man, I am, I am stoked to see where this thing goes. Um, obviously keep trying to get more guests on here and, uh, just see where we take this. Um, but anyways, uh, kind of it at this point, we'll see, um, we'll see where she goes from here. But again, super excited. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. Um, I do have a Facebook page. It is called travel is dangerous podcast. You can look it up on there. If you have any suggestions, anything uh, you'd like to talk about, or uh, you want me to talk about anything like that. Um, I am all ears. Um, so yeah, man, uh, take care everybody until next time.